a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, High Point Motocross Review. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. I'm Steve Mathis. Please check out flyracing.com for all that you need for your biker body. The F2 carbon helmet with MIPS is fantastic. Right off the shelf, right onto Blake Baggett's head, Benny Bloss as well. Uh, Zach Osborne wears fly gear, and uh, obviously he's out now, but he was the defending champion in it. And uh, Ben LeMay and a ton of privateers are running fly racing. Dylan Merriam. Run and fly and doing great. Flyracing.com uh, for all you need. And we thank them for their support on all of these podcast shows. Also, too, Jeremy McGrath currently up in Mammoth collecting bears, courtesy of the folks at Maxis Tires. Maxis.com, M-A-X-S-I-S.com. Uh, he's going to be working on a brand new tire up there, MXST. It's, it's being debuted soon. And uh, from your bike to your truck to almost everything in between, Max's Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. Uh, just ask Jeremy McGrath. He knows. And Alpine Stars love these guys. The A4 chest protector, the Tech 10 boots, Tech 7 boots, uh, with the bionic neck support system, whatever it is for protection purposes, you know the quality of Alpine Stars gear and clothing and boots, and that's what they put into all their protection line. So please check them out. Alpine Star protects. And also to subscribe to Racer X a magazine, please. Just do it. Otherwise, we're going to stop these stop these podcasts. Okay, I just wrote a story on the 250 class for the new magazine, and it's seriously the best thing ever you'll ever read in your life. Uh, so just do that. And also to uh, to talk high point and much more. First up on the line, he's the voice of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship Series, well, along with Grant Langston. He's Jason Wagon. What's up, Weege? Yeah. Actually. My story on the 250 class and the new magazine is good, nay, great, but you you did a deep dive into Brock Tickle's situation coming out real soon, and I'm jealous because they gave you a high word count, and I'm also jealous because some of the things that are in there are pretty juicy, and, I, and good work on that, Wygant. Yeah, but it's not as good as I want it to be because I'm not a scientist, and um, to try to solve the what are PEDs, should there be testing, or what helps what, like, good luck, bro. So, basically, all I could do is talk about Tickle's specific situation and also Kate Clayson's specific situation. And, um, you know, the real hope was to get someone from the FIM and WADA to either comment or choose not to comment, which is fine. But even getting to that point isn't even easy. Uh, you can't even get someone to say we'd no. rather not comment, no. which probably – Probably says it all right there. Yeah, absolutely, man. It just pisses me off when I read Tickle's lawyer stuff and I talk to Kate about it. Just absolutely just pisses me off that 
the folks at Feld did this deal with the FIM, and then the FIM is doing this, and you can't you can't figure out any, who's in charge or who's doing anything. And uh, anyways, so, so it's all in the new magazine coming out, and you won't read it online. It's only available in the magazine. So subscribe. Yep. Brock Tickle's lawyer, Mitchell Harrison's dad. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah, who knew? Who knew? Um, yeah. Well, well, again, let's dive into this because uh, we got your competitor on the line. Uh, you see this man on uh, Supercross Race Day Live. You see him on your Fox uh, screen, Wygant's on NBC. This guy's on Fox Supercross. He's a former uh, factory rider with Geico Honda. He's Daniel Blair. I'm actually here today on behalf of Fly Racing, filling in for JT. So let's, uh, let's stick okay. with Fly Racing today. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm going to try not to suggest things for you to take back to Feld on this show. Yeah, I've been trying. I mean, you've had me on here a few times. I do my best, and um, no, no. Sorry, Steve. It's a a dead-end road, man. I'm sorry I can't help you. I don't know why. I don't know why they think like that. I just, I don't understand. I'm so reasonable. I don't know. All right. Can you fix the communication path for uh, the PED testing? Can you do that real quick? Just clean that up for us, Daniel? Yeah, I'll work on that next. And and in fact, I was going to ask, do they actually have a hard address? Like, can you look them up do they have an address like a business address or are they like one of those mystery businesses that you can't find on the web it's in switzerland so um crayer the fim is easy to track and they're well staffed i think the drug testing department is the Mm -hmm. mysterious one yeah yeah Look, look it's fine that we we need drug testing we just don't need these guys and we don't need these guys and their shit communication skills with the racers that are suspended that's all yeah, and we've said this before. I'll just, I'll just end this conversation part with this. Tickle is not saying that he shouldn't be suspended. I just don't want anyone to confuse that. He's not sure how he got this in his system, but he admits that he didn't pass the test. So he knows he should face something. It's the ancillary side parts of it of, well, what do I do and can you help me that he's not getting any help with. Yeah. That's the part that's yeah. frustrating him. Um, yeah. All right, let's get the high point. Motocross, why again? The real series has started. Four oh, rounds into it. the real series. Stop it. It's just, it's fantastic. I don't want to get Daniel Blair mad. I want to get him. Oh, yeah, he's, he's known. <laughs> he's known to be a loose cannon. Absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. Do you want to explain why we have Daniel Blair on the show and we're missing JT? Do you want to even explain that or we're just moving on? Right, JT's in fired him. Yeah, we fired him. Yeah, he's fired him. He's yeah. fired him. Um, he's in Italy. And he still wanted to yeah. do this show. He's nine hours ahead. He still wanted to do this show. Like, come on, JT. It's over. Let it go. Um, you're in Italy, bro. It's 3 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, all yeah. right. Hey, I was going to start with 250s from now on after last week's wrap-up show where we just had nothing to talk about. But I'm not going to do that this week because we do have something to talk about uh, on the 450-wise. Uh, before we get there, though, Blair, you... Have some words about the high point track. Yeah, I'm going to actually temper down a little bit. At uh-huh. first, I was okay. Well, here's here's the thing. When I watched the first moto, I was like, "Why is it so deep and ruddy and sticky?" And I was thinking it was weather related. But then did my research and didn't really feel like. I mean, from what I understood, there wasn't any crazy weather that came through. So. I was just kind of wondering why, because it seemed, and, and Weeds, you can kind of answer this, but the first three rounds to me seemed a little bit drier, a little bit more hard pack, and this one was so sticky. And in the first motos, yeah, I was a little bit kind of frustrated. I didn't think I didn't think it lent to good racing. The second motos, on the other hand, they were both super good. So 
I, like I said, I'm not as uh, I'm not going to be as harsh as I was going to be after watching the first motos. But I mean, maybe you can answer what was the what was the scoop on that? It was so they were so deep. I mean, even for there, it seemed a little bit too deep. I, I didn't feel it was too deep. I feel like it's like the same trend I've seen in these other races so far. I don't feel like they're as deep as they've been. I, I feel the same thing with High Point. It was super muddy in practice, and that was not weather related. It didn't probably the first high point in 30 years where there was no rain at all, even Friday, Thursday, nothing. Um, there's always some weather. Um, I still don't feel this track was as deep as in previous years. I think it was wet, um, but not necessarily churned deep. I tried to dig into this a little bit, pardon the pun. I talked to John Ayers from MX Sports, who I usually go to to ask about the tracks, and he said he is trying to put more of the track prep in the hands of the individual tracks themselves. Um, and they give them instructions on what they want them to do. But, and Steve, you're there every weekend. You know how muddy these practices are. They've determined that they need to make the practice muddy. It's the only way to keep the track from being dusty. When you have four straight hours of motos, they don't have time to really do much track maintenance. So they've got to soak the thing at 8 a.m. so it's still good by 4 p.m. But I guess their definition of make it deep and make it wetter and deeper than you think it even needs to be isn't always being carried out. Um, so I don't think they're quite nailing. I don't think any of the tracks are as deep as they've been the last couple of years, even this one. What about you, Steve? Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I didn't think Lakewood got as bad as it used to, and I talked to Shane Schaefer, who does the track prep, and I said, hey, you're not ripping this thing as deep, and he said, yep, we are deep, ripping it as deep as we've always done and as deep as the machine will let us. And I'm like, hmm. Really? Okay, all right, moving on. Yeah, I was very surprised. I thought it was harder packed and not as deep as it usually is and every rider i've talked to at every race has said that they're not i know i've yet to talk to a single person that said nope it's no. the same i know i don't know yeah. I, I don't understand let me just tell you like in 2000 when kelly smith won oh, i mean it was it was deep well, that... it was deep deep <laughs> it was overwatered it was overwatered um <laughs> Weesh, you th- yeah, they pulled they pulled the tarps too early. Yeah, Weesh, do you think if Kelly Smith doesn't win that race, mm-hmm. and you know I take him to victory by turn- spinning the wrenches, um, do you think that maybe KTM doesn't go ahead with the Coster and a whole new four stroke and everything for for Dunge later on? Later on, you mean um, eleven years later? Yeah. So yeah. that is like eleven year process from like Kelly Smith. Yeah. Through, yeah, through yeah. Do, do you think we we cracked the door open a little bit <laughs> on that, and then and then they decided a few years later to to just bust it open? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I think there might be some proof here. So okay. this was two thousand, right? Yeah. Who eventually won the one twenty five title that season? Uh who who did win? Travis Pastrana. Oh, Pastrana. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who rode for who? Suzuki. Who was managed by who? DeCoster. Do you think that maybe DeCoster saw something that day? Oh. Kind of tucked it away yeah. in his back pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. I think you're right. And then, so in a way, I can be credited for sort of KTM success now. I'm not, I'm not going to take all the credit. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to take all the credit. But, you know, maybe there's a small slice in there somewhere. So do you think in 2011 or end of 2010 when he was coming over to KTM and he came over to probably had some meetings in Austria, goes to the race shop in California, Mm -hmm. looking around, looking around, and like, what is he looking for? He's just looking for that mechanic. (laughs) 
Tony I mean, Smith from, just thought that would be part of the deal and didn't get it? I'm not saying that, but you are. Okay. So, I'm, yeah. Uh, all right. I always just have memories of High Point. Seriously, when I go there, I have one win as a mechanic, uh, AMA win. Summer Cross was not AMA. And I just, it's High Point. And I go there and I think about that race. I'm just all I'm saying. So, anyways. Um, way off. Okay, so we're way yeah. off. I was we're way off. Yeah. I was gonna start with the two fifties because there's been nothing in four fifties, but this weekend. Hey, were you battling a Kira Narita for that win? Uh no, that was the that was, that was the next year. That was the next year Narita took off with. Oh, the, okay. yeah. Kira Narita's still going though. Yeah, he is, and and I'll just Irv Braun yelling the Asian kamikaze pilot. I, I figured yes. over and over. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was the next year. Yeah, sorry, that was the next year. <laughs> You know, Bidas. Bidas told me this weekend that that uh, Larry Myers would would get the crowd chanting "Kami, go home" when Bale was out there. Kami. That, that's what Bidas told me over the loudspeaker at Nashville. Get out of here. That, I, I said what? He's like, yeah, he would get the crowd going like that. Kami, go home, or or go home, Kami, or whatever. Like, wow. <laughs> Wow. I mean, really? Like, we did that back in the day? <laughs> Poor Bale. Wow. wow. Okay. All right. All right. Um, hey, Blair, this is why Mathis yeah. has this information from Rob Bidis. Uh, you don't need to be humble here, Steve. You were, as far as I'm concerned, you were just integral part of the announcing team this weekend at the high point. I heard you all day long. Um, Steve Mathis, everybody. Yeah, I, I – I did a lot of it. Yeah, I got some texts today, and I'm honestly, I'm just filling in. Like, I'm not on the real. I don't. They don't pay me. I kind of just get. I'm in there to to see the screens and the timing and the perfect place to watch the track, the race, to tweet for Racer X and and everything else. For and and they hand me a mic, and everybody's like, "Hey, great job!" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's not that hard. It's just it's not that hard <laughs> because I, you know, I do." Live, like I, I do live announcing on Publix in a way. You know what I mean? I can speak to the public. I can announce a race. So I'm not as good as Bidas. No way, no how. But yeah. So he's an announcer, Blair. Yeah, I know. This yeah. is great. And then JT is too, right? Isn't that what he's doing in Italy? Yeah. Yeah. JT should actually. JT should actually send half of his announcing slash PR money to me because we I give him this platform over the years. <laughs> Chance ability anyone calls JT who scowled his entire race career, scowled at fans everywhere. <laughs> Chances are anyone calls JT if he's not on the pulp show every single Monday night and on the race rack show. Zero. So, so you think he got to announce a little bit for the GP this this weekend in Italy because of his they, they were listening to pulp. Giuseppe was listening to pulp. I want that man. Giuseppe called in a couple, couple times. Well, he has called in. That's true. <laughs> he's called in. He's called in. Yeah. He has called in. I know he's a fan. Right, right. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. Okay, Blair's confused, so let's let's move on. Um, uh, okay, so that second moto race, and I'll get to the first moto in a second, but that second moto race between Muscan and Tomac, I mean, I don't – I'm going to have to rewatch the race to find out kind of what else happened because I couldn't take my eyes off those guys. Again, I was helping with a little bit of the announcing. What a race, man. Daniel, as a racer yourself, like two guys pushing the limits, they're lowering their lap times, they dropped rocks in. Like, man, that was cool. That was really cool to see. Yeah, it was good. And the, the timing is good, too, because. 
that second moto was on NBC. And like Supercross, when you get on the big network, it's kind of an opportunity to be seen by more eyes. And it's just funny that it was those two guys again, just like in Foxborough, but roles were reversed. Marvin was the one coming from, you know, mm-hmm. five, however many seconds back, got to him. And, yeah, it was good. It, I mean, especially, like you said, the fact that that track was so tough and they still were able to get – they got better and better and better. And instead of kind of fading off and maybe mm-hmm. getting sloppier, I felt like they got tighter, more efficient, yeah. faster as it got to the end. And you know it was because the other one was pushing the other one. They both wanted to win for multiple reasons. The overall was at stake. and But, yeah, just for the fact that it was on NBC, you're, you have a chance to be seen by more people – and you see those two guys going at it and, I mean, making a really difficult track look pretty good. Uh, it was yeah. good. I mean, the last two laps were insane. I mean, I, oh. Mar- poor Marvin. He, Dude, he, I, I thought he had him at least two or three times, but if he liked credit, he was stubborn. He, he didn't give yeah. it up, and yeah. uh, it, w- it was good. Those last three laps were incredible. Eli told me after the race that he kind of knew a few corners where Marv was going to go for it, and he's like, I was in the main rut. Like, he had to go too far kind of around me. You know what I mean? Like, it was, he, he was playing a little bit of defense there. so um, Yeah, and it was, it was truly one of those tracks where one guy was good on one half yeah. and the other guy was good on the other. And we, you said that on, on the broadcast, and it was so evident. Like, Eli would get away from him, and then Marvin would get back, but he would only get to him. He, he never got close enough to where he could use, like, his good half to make a move. And maybe that's where Eli was taking those defensive lines because it seemed like Marvin could get to him. Mm-hmm. But then he had to pull some crazy kind of bonsai stuff to make a move, and he just never got it all yeah. the way. But it was, a, um, it was a nice little chess match. It was awesome. What did you see, Blair, and go back to the first moto when Marv rode fantastic to catch Tomac and, and, and take the lead and win? Where did you see Marv making up time? Like, I know you said on the half of the track, but specifically, did you see anything he was doing to kind of, to kind of shorten, that, shorten that gap up? Yeah, I, I thought it was just... A different style of riding. Eli, he's so powerful and he rides with strength. And on that track, I felt like you needed to lighten up a little bit, just be more efficient and kind of zero in and be a little bit more creative. And I mean, we've seen that from Marvin indoor and outdoor. He finds ways to do creative lines and make difficult sections seem a little smoother. So I didn't really feel like it was one thing. Mm -hmm. It was everywhere. He was just tighter, more efficient. Every corner was it was like he was more patient. Eli was just, it seemed like he was trying too hard, and the rhythm never came. The flow never came. And then the second moto looked almost the exact same, but Eli just really, right. like, stepped it up. But um, they looked almost the exact same, the two motos. Marvin was just so creative, and, and that's what makes him pretty special on tracks like that. And, I mean, he was, I mean, he was on display from the first lap. He, uh, he was killing it. Um, I was talking to John Tomac after the moto a little bit. A couple things he told me was this isn't Eli's type of track, which I think we both would agree with that, or all three of us would agree, right? I mean, this is not Eli's type of track. And and then the lappers, too. Then and But I thought the lappers hurt both guys, and I told John that. I thought the lappers hurt both guys, but the lappers played it, played an issue. Um, Daniel? I, I mean, to be honest, I thought the lappers hurt Marvin more than they hurt Eli. Eli... I mean, it's the typical thing is when you're the guy in the front, the lappers don't know you're coming. You get to them. They don't know, they don't know how to get out of your way. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, Eli was just – the timing was working out to where he got blocked a few times, but none of them were really bad. But he was able to kind of use them. In, he'd get them in between him and Marvin, and I felt like at least four or five times Marvin got absolutely hosed by mm-hmm. a lapper. And, uh, but, again, it was yeah. one of those tracks that was so sticky and, and ruddy – 
that I feel like if the lapper was in the main line, you, you, I mean, they didn't know where to go. They didn't, yeah. they didn't want to go to a different line. They were probably struggling just to take the main line, let alone go and find a new one. So yep. I felt like the lappers just kind of, they were an obstacle. And Eli got through them, in my opinion, I thought a little bit better. Right. Marvin, at least four to five times, I felt, I felt got the bad end of it. So, Blair, you made a mention of this race being on NBC and how big, big of a deal that is, just like when Supercross is on the main network of Fox. Do you think NBC choppers in Costas to Muddy Creek to replace Wagant? <laughs> like they kind of just say, like, "Hey, this is this was awesome," and Bob, you handle it. <laughs> I don't know. I thought Weege did fine. I, I, I I've told you guys before. I'm a fan of the outdoor team, even the new girl too. Now that I've had a few rounds to watch her, I think she's doing pretty good. But Costas is good. But Weege, I got your back, bro. You're better. Okay. All right, Wagant. Well, I'm you. just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, if they want to keep the budget reasonable, I'm saying I'm probably a little bit cheaper. That's, that's all I got to offer. Right. Hey, hey Bob, Bob, this is uh, Grant. He's going to be your partner for today, <laughs> Grant Langston. And, uh, you know, he's a little he's a little rough around the edges, uh, Bob, a little bit, you know, not what you're used to here. So, Bob, you might want to get to know Grant. Maybe hang out with him, go to dinner, <laughs> hang out a little bit the night before the race. Right. Maybe get to know him. Right. <laughs> um, anyways, Wygant, uh, what do you think about all of that, uh, what we just said? What's your take? Yeah, Marvin had not been quite, in my opinion, and some of the other people I've talked to, not quite as good as maybe expected these first three rounds uh-huh. this year. You know, in points, he was still second. But he wasn't really challenging for wins. It may be Hangtown, but he still got run down even after Eli fell. And then the next two races were kind of so-so. I really probably, you could say, not as good as Roxon even uh, at Glen Helen and uh, Thunder Valley. So already... I was starting to hear it, and you know what it is. Oh, uh, yeah, I was starting to hear he's, he's burned out. He's burned out. He's burned out. Starting to hear it. I was already I, starting I to hear actually, it. I actually heard he was dealing with an injury a little bit, and I and I know he, go, he rides so well at high point, but because of what I heard from a couple of people I trust, I didn't pick him in Pulp MX Fantasy. Like, I'm just oh. like, no, I was, I'm like, ah, he hasn't, I'm with you, Weed. I'm like, he hasn't been that good. I kind of hear he's dealing with an injury. I'm staying away from him. So, but yeah, he was he was great. So I I started hearing the Alden Baker burnout whispers, which we hear at some point every summer, getting back to 2011 right. when Ryan was burned out and then ended the season with a flurry and won the championship despite being burned out. Or he actually unburned himself out during the season right. somehow. So I guess Marvin unburned himself out, uh, and this was much more of the Marvin that. You know, you'd be hoping to see, challenging for wins. Um, and I'm kind of with Daniel, what he was doing, like, yeah, that track didn't look fun. It didn't look like, dude, that's, that's the old Fox Dream On calendar. Sorry, fly racing. You know, they'd have a track that's all dissed up, and like, dude, you want to rip that. Like, every rut seemed like it had a hook in it. Every spot was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just seemed like Marvin could deal with that a little bit better, I guess, by riding light, like Daniel was saying, and those hooks in the berms and everything weren't slowing him down quite as much. He could take a rough corner and actually make it look fairly smooth. So it all worked. But come on, man. Tomac gets the whole shot in the first moto, and you're like, oh, geez, this is all this. Guy oh, needs. it was gone. Yeah, he was gone. I would have bet I would have bet a lot of money that it was yeah. over. Yeah, that's what I said on TV. I'm like, who would have thought the first moto he gets to start is the first moto he doesn't end up winning? Yeah. Um, so the second moto, I think you could just see he knew the same flurry from Marvin was coming. It was the same exact scenario, and I think it was just look. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna have to figure it out and ride just that much harder, and maybe this time I'll hold him off. And he did. It was awesome. I mean, they went to the white flag almost side by side. 
Yeah. So this bodes well at least. At least we got a challenge on our hands. I mean, it didn't look like – I mean, Marvin was like 50-some seconds behind the last three or four motos of the season before this. So it's encouraging at least to see a battle. Yeah. Um, but the perfect season continues, Steve. Oh, oh, it does it? Yeah? Is that what you're going yeah, with? 4-0. Yeah. Okay, all right. 4-0. Okay. Perfect all right. season. Um, I, yep. Actually, someone on Twitter reminded me that um, after Glenn Helen, I said he's going to lose at high point to Marvin in a moto. So, wow! Yeah, yeah, I got. I, I should. You did. I, I did. I you did. It was when I was on. It was when I was on pulp with you. Was it? Yeah, you, okay. uh, Gee. Yeah, after Glen Helen, you said it. So good job. Yeah, yeah. There we go, everybody. Well, I mean, what's Mar- next? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was great, man. That was a really good moto. That was. It was everything you wanted. And and I mean, we seriously does that help that it's on NBC? I mean, it doesn't hurt, I guess. But like, would you hear anything more about that, or would would it? Would it help? Would, it, would anybody care? Well, the rate. Well, I don't know if NBC cares internally, but this is all supposed to be done for the betterment of the sport. Like, does it create some more fans that want to watch more races, or go to races, or conceivably participate in the sport? I mean, that's that's what the goal is always supposed to be mm-hmm. with these TV shows. Yeah. I don't know if that's happening. I mean, I know this. I know this. The audience is way bigger when you're on the main network. I mean, like triple the size, literally. Yep. And uh, we have we've had some good ones. Uh, Southwick, I remember two years ago, uh, and Muddy Creek, 2016. Roxanne and Tomac battled pretty much like this, um, and they had 750, 800 thousand people was the rating, which was big for this sport. That and, wasn't uh, that wasn't the one where you missed yeah. the gate drop, was it? Just checking. <sighs> Side no. No. Okay. No. All right. Okay. Just checking because no. you. I, I don't you I, okay. I don't think that happened now. It's so long ago, I believe it's, it's kind of like the photo in Back to the Future. It's faded. <laughs> it's gone. It never happened. Oh, man. Um, uh, but, I mean, that's ultimate. We get three shows at NBC every year. That's not going to change, no matter how good the racing is. It's just the way the deal is set up. So the question is, did some rando person catch this that wasn't catching it on NBCSN where it normally is and said, damn, that's cool. I'm going to look this up. I'm going to... Uh, they, well, are these races? They prob- I'm going to watch the next one or go to one. They were probably surprised because Ralph Shaheen said, we'll see you in Anaheim, everybody. <laughs> so the, they were probably surprised. Like, wait, what? They still race? Ralph, but Ralph said Anaheim. Uh, I, I believe they're neutral now. There was a year where they said, what do they do? What are these guys going to do between now and Monster Cup? But I, I don't hear that stuff. Yeah, anymore. it's better. It's better. But It's better. It's I, better. I don't, I don't complain about that anymore. Hashtag never forget, yeah. though. Hashtag never forget. Um, no, that's fair. Okay. Now, uh, the back to the future of uh, the Southwick start, yes, but that other thing, let's never forget. Yeah. Um, so I talked to a guy. He's over at Rockstar Husky. He just switched teams. He's from New York. Um, mm. uh, he was not happy, shocking, shocker, with, with Tomita in the first turn of the first first moto. Uh, and, and even Roxon made mention to me that Tomita came in. Ra- I got to watch it again because I, I, I haven't seen it as we do this, but. I guess Tomita came in and hot in the first turn. Did either one of you notice this and caused that whole I, thing? I didn't. It was definitely was a Honda behind Roxon. I didn't know it was him. I thought it might have been Brock Pappy, 444. Maybe Pappy was next to him. But it definitely basically was Roxon got rammed into from behind in that, what, yeah. claimed 10 guys? Yeah, and then Bloss rode right over Kenny's head, I guess, and, and <laughs> Phil was down, you know. So, um, so yeah, many th- guys were down. I didn't realize... I was surprised, like, Roxon couldn't catch Bloss, but I didn't realize that Bloss actually had fallen on the first turn with him. I'm yeah, like, yeah. huh, so Kenny's able to come from almost last to catch Benny but can't get him. But, no, I guess they just rode through the entire pack together. I didn't yeah. realize that. Um, Blake Baggett 
had a poor day. Uh, he went five uh, seven on the day. He started thirty third and twenty sixth. Uh, he was really fast. Blake was, and uh, yeah, got nothing to show for it. Absolutely nothing. Blake could have easily gone three three at high point or better had he started up front. He was that good. I don't know. Yeah, he was fastest in both practices. Yeah, um, yeah. He yeah, was... So he was in that first turn crash, and I think he crashed on the rollers or whatever, like second turn yeah. in the second moto. Yeah, not good. But yep. uh, did you did, no. you did you see him on TV? Did you highlight him a little bit because he was ripping? Whoa. Well, we had it going into the show because he was the fastest qualifier. We're trying to build that up, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, his times were never there with those two. I mean, he's in traffic most of the time. It's kind of hard to say, and they were, you know, they were making each other go faster. And yep. if you're not on that train, it's a little difficult to match those that time. Yep. But, again, you'd like to be encouraged to say it looks like Marvin's back, and at least based on the qualifying times, yeah. maybe Baggett's back to challenge and, for some wins. And Blair, Justin Hill. He said give me a 450. He wants a 450. We all kind of rolled our eyes. Admit it. We all rolled our eyes a little bit. He was good, man. 4-6 on the day. Really good, like his number. Um, but I, I didn't think he was going to be as good as he was here. Like in Supercross, I kind of felt like something like that could happen. I didn't think he was going to win his heat and be battling for the win in the main. But I thought for sure, give him the 450 in Supercross, and he'll at least show that he could be maybe one of those guys. And then he like definitely did. Well, in outdoor, I, I didn't think he was going to be that good. I thought maybe, I thought he would be right in that middle pack with uh, you know Bloss, Nicoletti hike somewhere in there and i guess for the most part he kind of was second moto that's where he ended up and the first moto he got a little bit of help in that first corner but yeah. um he did look good i mean he looked really good and what surprised me the most is the conditioning because people like to say that maybe he's not fully into it he's not fully committed but hey 35 minutes on that track and being able to pretty much hold it all the way to the checkered you got to be in pretty good shape to do that and he did both motos. he fought both motos to the end and I mean, a great debut for him, but I, yeah. I listened to your, your interview with him after the race, and I think it's kind of funny how he might not do all the rest of them. If uh, yeah, they might just sit up. Like, there's I mean, no possible way, right? There's no way. I don't know. We just plugged in with JGR and says, yeah, like, when Bogle's back, he's not riding. I don't know. Like, And, and he does what? No, he's not doing well. Yeah, I mean, if he does well, they're going to find a way. But, but that's if he's good. showing a lack of interest, they are going to show a lack of interest. But that's going to make Phil really mad, Phil said. Just saying. What, if they park them? No, if they put three bikes. That's going to make Phil uh, really mad. Um, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I heard that they were. They probably would have found a way for Phil also. Uh, Hill said that Coy was there, so he tried. He was joking, everybody, but yeah. Um, Coy was there. Did you talk to Coy Wygant? Yeah, I did. I was uh, shocked. He's, he's, so, he's just a piece of work. Oh, yeah. Uh, he said he was going to go over to the uh, Husky truck with an empty cardboard box and put it on the floor. And then they say, what's this for? He's like, you can put all the parts that Phil's going to destroy in this thing right here. <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then he was chewing when he walked in the truck when I was in there. And he, like, immediately had to spit into the garbage can. He goes, that wasn't spitting from chew. He's like, I almost threw up when I saw you. You make me want to throw up. You make me want to throw up. And I was like... <laughs> I'm picturing that girl on South Park, uh, you know. So, um, oh, so good. Yeah, he's good. He's classic. Um, look, I, for Hill, going back to Hill though, like Baggett was was faster, but uh, Hill had Pike covered and Bloss covered and everybody else. Like 
he was impressive. So if he keeps that up, I guess we'll see about that third bike. Um, um, Barsha told me he felt really good at Lakewood and did crappy, you know, a couple crashes. Um, and this weekend he did not feel good. And he got third. He got stung by a wasp. He said he wasn't feeling well in his stomach. And he got third overall. So he said it's funny how that stuff kind of works. And he had no front brake in the second moto. He collided with somebody and maybe bent a disc or something. So, um, uh, yeah, it's interesting how that how that does work. You know, the the moto gods give it and take it. Uh, it's a Barsha, though. I mean, it's hard to probably he's probably already losing some of the perspective of how crappy the last couple of years were. He's pretty much podium more often than not now. Yeah, I wonder. I'm going to ask him this this weekend coming up. I'm going to be like, do you remind yourself of like, thank God, I'm back to even a regular day. I don't have to be on fire. Just a regular day, not even feeling good. I can still get third. Like, yeah, he, dude, for two seasons he would have prayed for a third under any circumstances. Yeah, yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, no. Yep. He's been. Good. I mean, I can't. He, you know, he told me he's not doing his. De- I can't see Daniel. I can't. Cannot see how Yamaha lets him go. Like and he and he doesn't stay there. Like he, he's got to be happy there. I mean, who knows about the salary? Maybe it's not going to be enough or whatever. But I predicted that will be a 2019 signing. It, yeah, it has to be. I mean, if you look at the rosters that are out there right now, I most of the teams have their number one guy got some openings for their number two spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Yamaha doesn't have anybody. I mean, Webb's contract's up. Um, Millsap's obviously gone. Barsha, I mean, mm-hmm. they got A-Ray for however long they want him. Um, but, no, I, yep. I, he has to end up there. There's, I, I don't – it just seems like too perfect of a fit. And and we like what you were saying, too, about him having a bad day and still being able to get a third and just how things have changed. And, I, I mean, the comment that I'd like to make on that is I know the field is a little bit beat up right now. Just but at the, the top, tag. it's still yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Other than Anderson, the top of the pack is all there. And he's getting third. So it's not like one of those things where he's lucking out because everyone's hurt. I mean, all the good, good guys other than Anderson are there. Mm-hmm. So I I, yeah. I think they're well-earned, and I think he's riding great. He's solid. He seems, you know, yep. even on a bad day where he just puts his laps in and gets third overall. And, um, yeah, he has to end up back at Yamaha. I just the, the, the story makes sense, just, you know, how Supercross went, how it's starting now in the outdoor, and just look at their roster and what their, what their options are. I, I just – there's no way I don't think he ends up anywhere else. Yeah, no, I can't see it. Uh, Pike's got a bad hand, I guess, so he's fighting through it. Good fourth place in that second moto, rode well. There was a JGR, all-time JGR roster battle going on with uh, uh, Pike and Hill and Phil and Barsha. It was great. All guys riding riding around. Uh, was Cody Cooper in that battle? I mean, he was he wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't far off it. Good point. Oh. Hey, yeah. Cody Cooper's killing it right now, dude. He's riding great. He's working with Gary Semex. Rob Bida set that up, so he's working with Gary Semex and helped his starts. And man, Cooper was good. It's funny. I interviewed him, and he said, "Wow, the field's not that deep." You know, we all know that. And then he was like, "Well, I got some help for that first moto with that crash." It's like Coop, Coop, give yourself some credit here. <laughs> you know, so um, he was he was good though. Cody Cooper, everybody. Um, it's tough to gauge any of these results. Like like Daniel saying, if you're in Barsha spot and you get top three. You're earning top three. The field's not that thin. It's not like we only have two factory riders and some rando guys getting third. Like, you still have to beat good guys to get third. So that's legit. But, yeah, once you get the five to ten range, he's riding good. But it's just so hard to yeah. gauge how good is good right now in this class. It's, 
next to impossible. And part of the reason I think those lappers were so ridiculous in the two motos, that's just a reflection of where this field is. There's like eight yeah, I, super legit guys, and then they're lapping into 12th and 11th and stuff in most of the motos. Like, that's insane. Baggett, Baggett was in 15th at one point, and I believe he was six seconds a lap quicker than all the dudes around him. So he's in 15th, yeah. and he's going six seconds faster than the guys in you know, 12, 13, 14. Like, holy crap. Six seconds. So... Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, this is um, all time. How the the top of the field is still good, but um, again, you get it past fifth or so. It's yeah, really uh, strange. Daniel, uh, in a, in a classic example of Stank's gonna stank, uh, I believe after practice, he and his mechanic jumped on his race bike, rode it out into the crowd to get some lemonade, frozen lemonade, and then rode it back to the pits. <laughs> That's not surprising. <laughs> just, I mean, just. I'm surprised. Well, actually, I am surprised it was lemonade, and not tea. He's like a he's an iced tea kind of guy. Okay, maybe it was. But so I, are you sure? Yeah, I was gonna say, are you sure it was lemonade? Well, I saw them. They looked like lemonade. They both had them, and Stank was laughing, and they were riding their bike through the pits. So, and I said, "What what is going on?" They said he just rode out to get lemonade and come back. Uh, that doesn't is, yeah, it doesn't surprise is, me at all. I, you got to remember his priorities, whether it be get the results get the lemonade, whatever. They're all about equal. So yeah, it's yeah. not like he had to go back to the truck and prepare him. I mean, hey, the guy wanted some lemonade. Right. Go get some lemonade. I mean, right. that's his, like I said, his priorities are all very, very uh, yeah. in tune with one another. Right, right. Yeah, okay. All right. On Friday, uh, on Friday, I was walking. I was leaving the track about 6.30 or so Friday night, and uh, Stank and another guy are riding through the pits like side by side. And they park their bikes, and they lean their bikes against each other perfectly, like right in the middle of the walking area, <laughs> and walked away. And the two bikes are purposely, per- perfectly propping each other up. And I'm like, where are they going? What are they doing? Yeah. They were going to the pizza stand. They were just going <laughs> to get some pizza, and they just rode their bikes out into the vendor's area to go buy some pizza. Uh, yeah, there we go. And, uh, there we go. Everybody. Yeah. Stank dog. Yep. There he is. Stank dog. <laughs> so I said Saturday morning, I went to see him in practice, and I'm like, did I see you just ride out to the pizza concession stand last night? And he's like, two slices folded up, crisp, juicy. Hell yeah. I might get some more today. <laughs> <laughs> Lemonade on Saturday. Pizza on Friday. <laughs> does, he, well, does he at some point before this year go to concession stand before the moto and ride right to the gate? <laughs> During. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Hey, I actually got a direct message on Instagram from someone uh, Friday night with a picture of Stank Dog at the bar and said, "Looks like your boy's ready for tomorrow." <laughs> so I got that was a direct message photo. Yeah, yeah. Friday night. Well, there we go. Now I don't know where he I don't know where he was, but it was definitely a photo, and it was definitely at a bar. Yep. So. Yep. St- Stank's gonna stank. That's it. Like you're not stopping him. Stank's gonna stank. Uh, Kyle Cunningham, tenth overall. Good job for him. JGR is taking his bike around all year. Weej for the Nationals. Yeah, they even worked on it. Like his dad is a mechanic, but yeah. that was even where they were working on it. And 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 Jay Bone said working under the tent. Jay Bone said, "I said parts." Jay goes, "Jay Bone goes, no parts." And I go, "What do you okay. mean no parts?" He goes, "He's got parts. He can use his own parts." I'm like, "You guys gonna give him some parts though if he needs it?" And Jay Bone's like, "Yeah, probably." So he went from like no parts to like, "Yeah, we'll give him some parts." So uh, yeah, right. Cunningham's gonna ride uh, underneath the truck. Uh, Jimmy D should be back huh. this week. It sounds like Lopes broke his collarbone, and we'll be out a couple oh, of weeks. Oh, really? Yeah, either a collarbone or cracked it or something. So Dang. Lopes will be out for a couple of weeks. Um, 
what else? Uh, it sounds like Tomac is in for Desnations. Like, in, in. Like, it's happening. And sounds like he's going to ride his night the 2019 there. So. Oh. Yep. Because, um, you know, he said he was in, but are you really in? Are you just saying that? But sounds like he's in. So. I like his chances to get picked. You know, I'm just saying. Um, well, we're going to find out. I mean, I believe there were some people last year saying, fans saying, hey, the guys that didn't want to step up and ride the last few years shouldn't be picked for the team this year. You can't be a homer and only get on. So is that is that really what people want now? Yeah, really, right? I said, I said if the team wins in England, do not pick, you know, the guys that don't want to go. But they, they – not only did they not win in England, they, they, no, it was they didn't win. Spectacular <laughs> failure. No. So, you know. They didn't win. No. Um, no. Uh, okay, so what else? Uh, that's about it, 450-wise? The uh, traders, traders team is back. Yep. I think uh, Gaines and, um, and right. Eldozo have matching facial hair even. Gear, oh. facial hair, bikes. Uh, I gotta really ask, a full team effort. I got to ask Eldozo if he missed his gate pick. For the second moto, or if he just tried to pull an R.J. Hampshire? Because he was, Daniel, he was far right-hand side, and he'd finished, like, 14th or whatever in the first moto. So, I didn't know if he was trying to get up on the hard stuff, like, you know, because it wasn't dissed all the way there. So, I specifically... Well, what, what, did he get in the, what did he get in the first moto? Yeah. That would, that no, would he, got like four, if he, was, he got, like, 14th. Oh, then, something. no, nah, he had to have missed it. There's, I mean, that's, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. I mean, I, I, I could see if you have 25th pick... You go out there, but not with 14th. I don't. I don't see. I mean, yeah. hey, maybe. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else 450 wise for you guys, you jerkies? Yeah, I got a. I got a question. Okay. Uh, Bogle, Webb. What is? Uh, what's the official timeline on them? Is it soon? Bogle, Redbud, uh, Webb, uh, Red, Southwick, maybe. Yeah, I heard. Uh, possibly Southwick, but most likely Redbud for Cooper Webb. So I guess okay. Redbud for both, probably. So. Does A Ray go to Southwick then? Do they keep it rolling? I don't know. I've I heard no. I met Muddy Creek's the end. Muddy Creek's the end. His hometown. His home race. Yes. I, I yep. talked they, to, so they gave it to him though. They gave him the last one, huh? Yeah, they I did. Yeah, they one. did. Yeah, they did. I um I talked to a guy in the pits after he told me he was a huge A Ray fan, loves him on the pulp show and everything else, but right in front of this guy, A Ray took out his buddy down a hill. And his buddy <laughs> just ate shit. And uh, and the guy's like, that's not cool. And I was kind of laughing, but the guy's like, that's not cool. Like, what the hell? Like, he was he was upset. His buddy just weeded up because A-Ray took him out. And uh, so I told Alex his story, and Alex said the guy came over on him and that that guy, that fan, needs new eyeballs. So we'll never really know what happened, but A-Ray lost the fan because this guy took – he said he was uh, yeah, a big uh, hometown buddy. So. What are the odds – that Alex did it on accident. High. Pretty high. Yeah. Pretty high. Right, right. So, um, <laughs> Weege, did you know anything about that new team with LeMay and Harrison? Did you even go see them? I did. I did in the end. Uh, I got a lot of information on this new team. Um, like a half-hour conversation about it. So, okay, there were smoke signals that there were new teams or new riders were coming back, but there were smoke signals at best. There was no hard evidence of what this team would be. So I think at one point we thought it was a LeMay-Bichalia team, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, it ended up being Bichalia on one team and LeMay on the other. So I, the, what was the Ty Lube team, I guess part of the Ty Lube team has, Ty Lube team has basically they, they've broken up, split off. 
It's a new team called Phoenix Racing. That is not the Ty Lue Honda team. It is a new team. That team has LeMay and Heath Harrison. Now, Harrison rode for the Ty Lube team in Arena Cross, right? Mm-hmm. So he's not on the Ty Lube team now. He's moved to the new team. Bashalia will be on the Ty Lube team, but didn't, wasn't ready this weekend. He'll be back next weekend. And I think Van Man, Van Martin's also over there, but Ty Lube. Ty Lube, yeah, Van Martin is yeah. Ty Lube, yeah. Right, so it'll be, it'll be Bashalia and Van Martin at Ty Lube. The new team, Phoenix Racing, has LeMay and Heath Harrison. And this team, so one of the main principles behind it is um, one of the guys who was kind of behind the scenes at RCH, guy named Justin, who I was kind of like their sponsor guy, so I talked to him for a while. It's set up in Charlotte. They got this glistening race shop. He says they got four semis. They're racing GNCC. They're racing ATV motocross. They're coming in hot. Slow start here, but wait till Monster Cup. It's going to be huge. going to be big. Mm. So they're making noise. Yeah. Uh, never heard that before. I, nah. I know. I, I mentioned that to a few people, and that was the reaction I kept getting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A new team coming in yeah. like gangbusters. But anyway, oh, yeah. good for LeMay and good for Heath Harrison to get rides. Yep, absolutely, for sure. Yeah. All we need is Daniel Blair back on the track, and we'd be, we'd be in a good spot. Yep. Um, <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, so that's 450s for the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented oh, by – Chiz, by the way. Chiz oh. hurt his knee. Oh, yeah. I don't know what his status is, but he, he's afraid he tore his ACL. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, really? Oh, better. Yeah, yeah well, he knocked himself yeah. out at Lakewood, so he's off a couple weeks with yeah. Chiz. Um, well, I saw him on crutches after practice. He thought he was it was done. He went to Bodner and they twisted it around and said they don't think it is. So I don't know what what's a transpired the last twenty four hours. But Chiz Chiz not gonna Chiz. This is not Chiz Chizzing. Here. No, yeah, Chiz Chiz crashing is not Chiz Chizzing. No, no, no. no. Um, all right, Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Stars and Maxis. Uh, listen to this commercial from the folks at Race Tech. Use the code PulpMX18 to save. We'll be right back after this with Daniel Blair and Wygant to talk a little bit of two fifties. Race Tech suspension and engines, people. Pulpamex 18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Race Tech specializing in high performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Race Tech, guys like the HEP Suzuki team, and many more in the pits use Race Tech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. And we're back. FlyRacing.com, everybody. Please check them out. Fly Racing. Fly Racing. Official gear of uh, Daniel Blair when he got on the bike for the first time in seven years. He was wearing fly. That's right. Yep. The official gear of my eight-year-old son. Full factory A rider for fly racing. Who doesn't know how to shift or doesn't like shifting? Oh, he knows how. He just doesn't like it. He's oh, super pissed at me right now. So he's so mad. He's Barsha and Alex Ray wrapped into a little kid. Oh, worse. I mean, he's been ringing out third gear on this KX65, mm-hmm. and I finally told him today it's we're we're getting into fourth, and he did it. I thought actually he was really good, mm. and he was crying and pissed off the entire time while doing it good. So I. 
I'm extremely confused, but whatever. The bike survived another day, so that's good. Okay, okay Tony. All right, Tony. Um, <laughs> all right, everybody. So uh, let's talk some 250s from High Point. Uh, Weege, bummer for the Geico team. Martin was gone. He was going to go 2-1 on the day, get the overall, keep the red plate. He was 12 seconds ahead. He had absolutely putting on a clinic. And then shortly after, Chase Sexton took a rock to the case and lost his motor. And this was the motor after Cameron McAdoo blew out a wheel, who had made his return to racing, and then blew out a wheel five laps in or two laps in or something. Uh, Martin's motor lets go. And, uh, yeah, man, bummer for the Geico guys. Yeah, boy, that really changed things in a hurry. You know, with Osborne going out and J-Mart winning the last race and getting the points lead, then it looks like he's going to win the overall for the second week in a row, match Plessinger in points uh, for the day. It's like starting to look like, yeah, you can really see J-Mart now taking control of this thing. You could start yep. – that vision was starting to come into focus. Did not see this coming. I mean, it looked – I mean – I mean, you thought he had the race won, right? I certainly did. Oh, yeah, he did. He, he was gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. You're yeah. like, oh, two in a row, points lead, Sayonara. Plessinger's good, but it was just all lining up for J-Mart. Wow, what a mess now. Yeah, yeah, uh, poor, poor J-Mart and poor Geico Honda. Um, but Plessinger? Uh, they didn't rig it on. They didn't do it on purpose, like his previous high point. The accusation oh. that Star Racing purposely blew the bike up. This oh, is not, boy. That was not the case this time, correct? Oh, boy. Uh, mo- mean, moving on. There's still still residual heat over that, which I still don't believe. No, but um, no, I do not some either. Some people do. I do not either. Some people still do. Um, and uh, so Plessinger took the red plate. Uh, we knew he'd be better on the East Coast stuff, even though he rode great at Glen Helen. And uh, Daniel, he was great. He was uh, again a little fortunate, but hey, first moto win was fully his, and uh, and the second moto he was broken free of Cooper and Ferrandis and everything else and uh, Forkner and all that. So. Yeah, and the the riding obviously was good, but it was a little bit of a gift. Well, it's a big gift with Jeremy's bike, uh, and it kind of changes the championship. Like you said, Weech, I kind of felt with Zach going out, I my feeling was that Jeremy was now majorly in the driver's seat because compared to Aaron and compared to his brother Alex, Jeremy, I mean, he – He's, he demands of himself to win this championship. It's not like, man, I hope that I can be up there. No, he, he expects to win it. And for him, you don't really see him having a day worse than a third where Aaron, like we saw in uh, Colorado, can kind of still have a goofy off day. So I felt like now that with Zach gone, Jeremy was going to pretty much lay it down and start gapping this thing out. And though, even though he wouldn't have pulled away any this day, he would have gone 2-1 to the 1-2 it still would have been more in line with what I kind of felt was coming over the next six weeks. So for that to happen, I think it makes things really good for the championship because now Jeremy is in a position where he obviously has to go and win races. And I mean, I would rather have what I think the faster of the two guys being behind in points, because then we get to see a little bit of a chase where if Jeremy gets 20 points up, 25 points up, then I mean, I would personally be a little bit, I would lose a little bit of interest in the title. I'd just focus on individual days. But now that the the faster of the two guys, I think, is behind in points, I mean, I, for the championship, sorry, Jeremy, but it's actually really good for the fans. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's 20, 20 down now, so 20 points down. Um, Forkner got second, rode well. This Justin Cooper kid, man, he can start. I mean, he's good anyways, but Justin Cooper, everybody. Wow. Um how was his post-show race, uh, uh, Wygant? Better than mine? Well, his brother, actually, his brother Reed, who I think is maybe, I don't know, 14 or something, 
Uh, he's a revelation, maybe even more so than his brother on the track. Really? A big name really? in the story, yeah. yeah. You're, we don't need you anymore. The more races we can get Reed Cooper to go to at 14 <laughs> years old with a mullet, the better off we'll be. Um, his dad wanted to point out, I, actually, this is the funny thing. Uh, Reed Cooper, on like in the 50cc class, like back in the day, was like a stud uh-huh. in the 50 division. Uh, I, he made a couple of Loretta's podiums. I don't know if he won a title, but the dad's like, we met you down there. You used to interview him on the podium. It would be him. Jet Reynolds and, and Ryder D. And I was like, geez, that's some company right there. Yeah. So the fact that the older brother, who is very under the radar, ended up becoming the superstar, this is what the whole Justin Cooper thing is. Like, it's just yeah. not making any sense because these teams, and Blair, you know this too, these teams are doing everything to mine the talent younger than ever. And how this dude just slipped through their cracks completely, and it, this is legit now. Like, this is 100% totally, completely, he's just really good. And somehow it just didn't get on anyone's radar at all. I don't even understand it. This is amazing. I mean, look, this is conceivable the way this is going that some by the end of the year he's going to be just winning races and you'll be like, yep, he's just as good as anybody else. Like he's learning so fast. This is crazy. Yeah. Man, this guy's good. I wonder. Well, yeah, and hey, last year. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. Uh, I was just no, going to say last ahead. year when he had that, that finish in Unadilla, I – I mean, I, I I was gonna. I mean, I was impressed, obviously, but at the same time, I, I mean, was it was muddy. So I, muddy. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, so I wasn't gonna be like, oh, I'm all in on this kid. I mean, it was muddy, whatever. Um, and then after that, he was okay. But now, what he's done through four races, I mean, he's he's legit. He's fourth in points, podium, uh, one a motor. I mean, it's not it's not a fluke at all. And the most impressive part is, is he's technically still a rookie. That was his first time racing Mount Morris. For national, now I don't know if he's been there as an amateur or a kid. I have no idea. But all he these said he tracks wasn't. are I can't even believe that all these tracks are. Yeah, I know. And and all these tracks are all going to be first time tracks for him. So it's not like he's a second year guy, third year guy, or or even been an amateur kid who traveled around and went to all these places. That's a brand new track for him. The track wasn't easy, and he was legit. I mean, as legit as can be. I mean, when you're up there battling for podiums. I mean, like you said, it's it's more than impressive, and, and now the expectations are kind of changing with me. I don't I don't see him as a guy that might be up there. Now I kind of expect it, and now mm-hmm. we'll have to see how he kind of responds to that. Now that hey, you're not a guy who might get the whole shot and run up front. We kind of yeah. expect it now. Let's see how he does with a little bit of pressure because he's I don't think he's had much coming in, and the more you do it, the more people think you should, and then we'll see how he responds to that. But so far, I mean, he's been killer through the first four. Uh, we did you get an update on March Banks and how serious it was his crash? Uh, what he hurt? No, did he? He did not race the second moto. No, right? no, he went down no, late no. in the first moto. Looked to be in pain. They carted him off, but yeah, we saw the crash. It looked bad. I mean, yeah. the way the knee got twisted is yeah, yeah, is kind of how an ACL goes. I mean, that doesn't mean that's what it is, but just that's the direction. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the leg or knee or whatever, but he definitely was freaking writhing in pain, that's for sure. Yeah, and then uh, Savachi, his uh, his luck continues to go south and crashed in a bad crash and crashed out in a second moto. First moto was just he was way back in the beginning. Well, not way back, but pretty far back and got a six. So rough day for, for Joey, too. Well, the Forkner podium is really big for that crew that needed something. And you almost had the perfect transition there, Daniel, because you mentioned how the expectations are going to start being there for Cooper. And that is kind of where it is with Forkner. I mean, Forkner was such a revelation his first season two years ago. And it's true. Like, if Forkner goes to a race and is ho-hum and gets sixth or seventh or something, 
It's like, what's wrong with him? What, what's the problem? So I'd say for Forkner to get on the podium here in battle like this, that had to be a big breakthrough, especially because nothing is going right for that team, no matter what direction you look. So that was good. That was like poking yourself up by the bootstraps. Because, um, yeah, pro circuit, geez. What else can happen? Yeah. Well, what do they? I mean, what do they do now if Marchbank, if that's a legitimate, I mean, an injury that takes him well, out? Like now, you have two guys. Um, Marty's not coming back. Well, maybe, uh, maybe you see if the Ecuadorian Bandito is ready to <laughs> ride some moto. You know, I last I heard, I he feel was like a, we might. Last I, I, heard I he feel like a, we might see a, a Justin Hill type situation, a guy who does a little bit better on a 450 outdoors. Um, yeah, uh, well, we got our we got our Marty mentioned in this podcast again, so we're good. We can yeah, we did. We got yeah. Marty in. Right. right. Um, hey, I was looking through last year's results at High Point in the 450 class just to make sure if we're not just making up this this the field is thin. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. But no, dude. If you look at anyone, go to last year's High Point 450 results. It's ridiculous. There's like 17 decent factory guys. When you remember, oh yeah, Marty was in there last year. Sealy was in there last year. Yeah. Bogle was racing at this point last year. Uh, Webb was racing. Like. Uh, is Josh Grant like? Yeah, Marty was a revelation last year. We don't have any of those guys in the 450 class right now. And just to complete the circle, uh, High Point was also Stu's last win. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Just want to get that in. <laughs> there it is. There it is, everybody. <laughs> we had we had um, our our kind of like main NBC guy who oversees everything for NBC. He comes to one or two races a year, uh-huh. and usually High Point because it's the first regular NBC race. I mean, everything's under the NBC umbrella. We're on NBCSN. But anyway, he came this weekend having lunch. And can any of you guess one of his questions that he wanted to have answered? <laughs> where's Stu? Where's yeah, Stu? where's James Stewart these days? Oh, wow. I'll even do better than that. Uh, <laughs> Six-time Stanton is having a, uh, a dinner Friday night to raise money for Road to Recovery with everyone who has ridden for Motocross the Nation's team in the past invited, and they're going to auction off tables, and you can sit with them and, and, uh, and all of this stuff. And he really pissed me off, too, Wygant, because Jeff goes, uh, yeah, we're going you know, to media guys like Bidus and Wygant in D.C. there. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like you didn't. Now's the time, Jeff, where you say like, "Oh, you can go, Matt. You can, like, Mathis, we'll get you in." Like nothing, nothing, nothing was said. Anyways, piss me well, off. Well, nothing was said to me either, so I didn't know. I, oh, I guess I'll be there. Yeah, I better, I better go. He said you were going. Anyways, can you get? Know. Can you guess the former Team USA designations rider? He can't get a response from on whether he will be there Friday night. Just uh, RJ? <laughs> no, 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 no. RJ was fine. <laughs> yeah, RJ was good. Yep, no problem. Wardy? No, no, it seems like Wardy's lined up and he's good to go. Yeah. Timmy, come on, Timmy. No, Why no, no, this? Red Dog is there. Yeah, no, Red Dog will be there. Just uh, just one guy. Dogger. Just one guy, Dogger. it seems come like. Come on, Dogger. 88 France, come on, Dogger. <laughs> just one guy. He seems like he can't really, hey. you know. You, so. you guys do realize that we will never see James Stewart again, right? <laughs> Ever. Like, the longer this goes... <laughs> The worst thing. It's not like all of a sudden there's going to be a changing in the heart. It, it's over. Like, we will not see him oh, again. Oh, no. Guys. There, there Everyone is needs, it, no. there's a vlog going on this summer. Oh, there we go. And, and, no, and, no, there's not. And, and we, it is well over. And we will find him. <laughs> and we will find him. So that, yes, that means if he is seen, it's by stalking, not by on his own account. Well, or just It'd be like someone creeping out and sneaking into his property. Maybe this Nations dinner. Maybe he choppers in. 
choppers in like that. <laughs> With Bob Costas. I mean, yeah. It'd be <laughs> amazing if it just, that's how it actually worked. Like, he's just complete recluse for two and a half years or whatever, and then just there. This donation's dinner. Um, and he's like, what? what? What do you mean? Of course I would come. Why? Why? Do you think he's growing a beard and long fingernails like Howard Hughes? He walks around in tissue boxes in the room? Like, what is going on? Okay, let's move on. Um, uh, Alex Martin, the troll train, was stopped this weekend. Stopped in his tracks. Unfortunately, crashed three times, he said. uh, Once in practice and two in the moto and... And then uh, second moto got fifth, but he did not have a good day, for sure. The troll train has been derailed a little bit. We'll, we'll be back in Muddy Creek. We're good there, too. Um, Shane McElrath had a good race. RJ Hampshire had a good race. And Ferrandis. Dude, Ferrandis in that, in that second moto was all over Forkner. And uh, first race back, Daniel, pretty good, right? Really good. Um, I, I didn't think he would be that. You know how it takes maybe a race or two just to kind of I don't know. Remember how it feels to be on a gate with that many guys and deal with the intensity. You could be you could be one thing at the practice track where you just feel great, but until you get out there and really know how to react yeah. with that intense environment, you, it takes a minute. But for him, I, I mean, really good. And it's, it's kind of sad if you think about just the way his season ended early. I thought he was a title contender indoors. I think he either been a title contender outdoors. He was good last summer too. So, I, I mean, I think he's a guy that we kind of watch the rest of this summer get even better and 2019 in and outdoor i mean he's a title threat both and i think he proved that even this weekend just showing up and being that competitive on the first one yeah i don't i don't think it's a fluke i I think he's going to be really good the rest of the summer without question i guess they had to pull six teeth from that crash in Atlanta. you know his jaw and everything they've had to pull teeth what's that look like now i don't don't know dude i don't know but that's rough good job for dylan though um talking to Peyton about him a little while ago and Mitch is like I want to sign him I told 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 him to call me next thing you know I saw that he signed him to star racing again so he was on the radar for for Peyton too um what did uh you talk to v, uh, DV at all what, yeah what's he saying uh he was not happy all day I don't know what what his deal was he it was hot he couldn't see anything he, he said he should have got second and not third so DV was cranky he flew um, coach yeah yeah he's just He's not happy. So, um, Hartraff rode well. Good job for Brandon Hartraff, Cycle Trader team. So, uh, he went 11 8 on the day, ninth overall. Good job. Um, what else? Talked about Sexton's DNF. Austin Root got some points. I like Austin Root. You guys know him at all? Why can't you ever talk to him? No, because you had some weirdo nickname thing last year, and I was like, I'm, I'm out on this. Groot. Yeah, Groot from Galaxy, Guardian yeah. of the Galaxy. Yeah, well, as soon as I heard Guardian of the Galaxy, sorry, Austin Root, but I have to tune out now. Okay, all right, fantastic. I'm holding it against him even though he didn't ask right, me. Right, right. Carson Brown made his pro debut for the Thai Loop team. Got a couple points. Got some points, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good job for Carson Brown, Pacific Northwest kid. Uh, what else? Uh, Phoenix it? Racing is on the new team. Oh, he is? I thought he was Tyler. Yeah. Oh, I got mixed up. Okay. No, exactly. We're going to have this Tyler Phoenix racing confusion all year long. Yeah. Where were they pitted? I don't even know yeah, where he, they were pitted. But Next door to each other, the two he, teams. Oh, shocker. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was Tyler in Arena Cross, too. He rode the Lights West Arena Cross for Tyler. Carson Brown did. Yeah. So, just like Harrison, he's uh, it's always, always on that team. <laughs> always comes back to Arena Cross for you, doesn't it, Blair? Hey, man. One place where I was successful. I got I, I to gotta go there when I can. 
<laughs> um, hey, Blair, speaking of arena cross and speaking of Mitch Payton potentially needing a fill-in, are there any riders who have ridden well and possibly won titles on KX250F this year who plan on racing motocross, perhaps even as soon as Muddy Creek? That could, you know, maybe the, uh, do the job as a fill-in for the team. The uh, the Bye. number one fifty-six of Jacob Hayes will be at Muddy Creek, but he's racing four fifty. I, I mean, that's On the plan for now. But that was before Marsh Banks got hurt. Like, pick up the phone. Well, <laughs> uh, we'll uh, we'll save that for a private conversation. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying, if you're Mitch, and you're looking for an option. That's an excellent one. Yeah, I mean he's he's been with those guys for four years now, at least in Arena Cross. And I mean, obviously, I'm really close to Jacob, so I can give you guys some insight. He's been riding and training with Dakotas and Hartraft and Keith Harrison, so he's somewhat ready for Muddy Creek. I mean, he's not just kind of winging it. I mean, he still is a little bit. It's full privateer effort on the 450, but he's not like just winging it. He's he's pretty prepared and pretty confident. So I, I for all you fantasy people out there. Um, yeah, just I, bring, sprinkling some carrots out there for you guys. I wouldn't know. I'm blocked. I wouldn't know his <laughs> prep. I'm, I'm blocked from Jacob Hayes. So, oh, uh, Jordan Bailey uh, went down, crashed. So, um, what else? Mitchell Harrison was back. Yeah, Mitchell Harrison was back. Did he get a top ten? No, he went fourteen, fourteen. Why again? Oh, um, tenth for. Part of a then. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yep. All right, so Muddy Creek this weekend. All right, let's. Um, hmm. No, I think we covered it. Uh, let's do word of the day. Let's do the word of the day. We missed it at high point. We forgot to do it in our podcast, and then we were supposed to tweet it out, and we never did, and nothing happened. So, uh, so technically, Weege hasn't said a word of the day in two rounds. No, he right? did. He did at uh he got it two in. Two out of three. Yeah, he got it in Lakewood. There, yeah, there was one in Lakewood. So he, two out of three. Oh, wait, no. So Glenn Helen, he didn't. Yeah. No, it was Lakewood. He was yeah. Lakewood. No, he forgot. He couldn't get it in. No, Glenn Helen, I didn't get it in. We had Truculent at Lakewood. Oh. So two out of three. Okay. That I haven't. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Nah. That's right. Got All it. Right. Um, you got it? He wanted one bad for the GP this weekend. I, I couldn't think of one. I don't know. Mathis, he was, JT was pounding on Mathis Blair to give him something, and Mathis said, can't talk, hockey pod mode. <laughs> I was. I was doing a <laughs> hockey podcast. I really was. I couldn't think of a word of the day. He's talking to Ray Ferraro, much more important than a word of the day. Um, okay, so I got a word. Well, again, I think we – I don't know. We might have used it in the past. I don't know. Rumpelstiltskin. You're good? <laughs> oh, good, because, yeah, me and Steve, we talked before we got you on, and we're a united front on this one. I know, a couple weeks back, Steve and JT, you guys were a little bit, uh, you guys were on different sides of, yeah. of the debate. Well, we're, we're united, uh, which oh. you have to say. Oh, oh this there's, is ironclad. There's no debate. Yeah. Rumble still yeah. ironclad. Yep. Uh, yeah, when I had JT and Steve on the other, what was the star, star-nosed mole? Yeah. Yeah, I was like the running back. I sound like the seam between the two, and I was able to run through the middle to try to get away. There's, you apparently got the defense that figured out on this one. Rumpelstiltskin. That's the word of the day for Muddy Creek. Okay. 
All right. <laughs> That's easier than I thought, Blair. I thought thought it was going to take you and I hammering on him a little bit, but I I was I have notes prepared on how to negotiate, and I didn't I don't have to use them. It's right. gone. Yeah, it's fantastic. Good. See, unfortunately for you folks, I used a Rumpelstiltskin uh, reference many many times. Yeah. Oh, you have? Oh. Yeah, yeah, I have many times in life. I feel like in my early days uh, working for GNCC and Racer X, it'd be like, you know, we saw something that the Super Bowl did. And uh, so that looks good. So now you do it. <laughs> and I'd be like, well, you know, they have like an entire army staff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, like, well, I'm the only full time employee this series has. Right. And so it was the, what does Rumpelstiltskin do? Turn straw into gold? Like, that's what I would always be like. I, I can't be Rumpelstiltskin here. I just can't. <laughs> do the same PR plan that the NFL has for Sorry. our Woods Racing Series. Sorry, I can't do it. I I apologize. I can't get Josh Strang and, and Caleb Russell uh, and uh, and Shane Watts onto. Uh, onto well, I'll give you an example. One year, um, they wanted to get the ISDE team on Jay Leno. Yeah, Jay Leno loves motorcycles. And that was it. Make that, this happen. That was the only guidance to you, Jay. Jay Leno likes motorcycles. He loves motorcycles. You can't get Mike Lafferty and Rodney Smith. Come on. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin, everybody. Rumpelstiltskin. Turning straw into gold. Um, well, yeah, no, I like it. I like the challenge, how you're taking it. That's good. Uh, okay. Yep. Anything else, uh, high point-wise? Anything? Um, hey, Roxanne, the, uh, the, the pit reporter we have, yep. Will Christian, our new pit reporter, she's doing a great job, as Daniel said. Uh, she mentioned an interesting nugget on the show where Roxon told her that the thumb, which is the real major residual problem he's having in this hand from the injury this year, is getting worse, not better. Oh. Yeah. He, so, you know, he's probably getting more comfortable on the bike and getting yeah. in better racing shape, but the tendonitis thing, but the more riding he's doing, it's just getting worse. Uh, he switched suspension this week, too. Yeah. 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 I can't even keep up. That, when was he? That makes no yeah. sense to me. Oh. After Glen Helen and Lakewood, where you had two pretty impressive rides, like why, why? I mean, I, I'm not there. I have no idea the inner the inner workings of what's going on. But I just feel like when something's working, why do you? That's a big change. It's not. It's not like changing clickers or changing gearing. That's a huge change. I don't know why you would do that after two pretty good rides. You know, I. You guys got any reason, or did they say why they did that? That just seems a little dramatic. Uh, yeah, the only thing I'd heard, and I mean, because Honda works both sides of that fence, I mean, they often have one bike on KYB and one bike on Showa. I mean, they're clearly not going to throw either company under the bus no matter what they're doing. Um, the only thing I'd heard was just like, Craig had tested KYB a ton. They had a ton of data on it. They felt that they could do this move and it wouldn't be that risky, but uh, that's all I know. Not They definitely weren't saying like the Showa stuff was not as good. They did not want to go. No, no, no they would never go there. No, that's oh. what I'm saying. So it's hard to get an answer on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw. Plus, hey, I remember the KYBs like, for uh, Kennard? Oh, like, years yeah. ago at Unadilla. It was like the magic suspension. It was unbelievable. Yep. I, I will, 50 years from now, I'm still going to reference that. <laughs> he was good, yeah. Um, he went from a fourth place guy to like a first they, uh, place guy. Yep. I, I just feel like they have data uh, data on the show stuff too. Uh, a two-two, <laughs> the round before. Right. I, like, leading, like I said, I just don't understand that. Leading twenty minutes and then two-two. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the data you have on the on the show, everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, and to be fair, Roxon's never ridden a Honda at that track. I mean, these are all new tracks for him on that bike too. So, I, yeah. hey, maybe like I said, maybe they know something about that place. 
in specific, but I, I just don't see why after a 2-2, yeah. when you're a little bit overachieving early for where you should have been, why you would make a change like that. It's pretty dramatic. I don't know. I, uh, I was talking to him after the race. He told me High Point was a good track. He, he's won there before, and I said, you won at every track. So I don't really know how that's – and he's like, yeah, I guess so. Um, you know what, though? Actually, that reminds me. Like, I got to say, I was standing around watching him interact with some fans and signing stuff, waiting to talk to him for a post-race interview, and some lady brought her little kid up, and, dude, he was the coolest dude to this little kid. And there's no way he was doing it because, oh, hey, look, Tubby Mathis is here. I'm going to do this. Like, he was like, hey, buddy, and then the kid was – and then he remembered the kid – and the kid was like, you remember me? You do? And he's like, yeah. And he, he like, took his photo with him, put his arm around him. And they, like, like it was really cool, man. It was, you know, he had a shitty day. He got run over in the first turn. And he got worked in the second moto uh, by those two guys, which can't make him happy. But, man, I, I was really impressed with this. I'm going to write about it this week a little bit. But really good job by Kenny. Like, he liked this kid. This kid was blown away that Kenny was talking to him. And he related to him and everything. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just want to tell that story. So. Good, good job, Kenny. I always wonder. Um, he's phenomenal with all that stuff lately. Um, go, going the extra mile, I feel. He's willing to do that. <clears throat> do you remember the very first days of him on RCH? Like, he switched to RCH. He wins Anaheim 1. I think he won the third race that year as well. Uh, and we started hearing things from, like, his agent, like, we're trying to limit his access. We're trying to protect him. I feel like it was starting to go in a bad direction back then. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. This. Uh, well, no, actually, it's funny. Four or five years ago. No. Yeah. Uh, I, I was told not to, like, toot my own horn, but they're like, yeah, you're good, Mathis, but other, other media guys, we, we don't want yeah, to expose them too much. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but, yeah, you're right. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, you yeah, remember that. Yeah. I just feel like it was going the wrong direction. Yeah. But, we we know that the RCH thing ended up being a fairly humbling experience. They didn't dominate like that first Anaheim one would indicate was going. It looked like he was about to take over the sport, and they could have done whatever they wanted. They could have been complete jerks. doesn't matter if you're dominating. But it's been a humbling couple of years here of ups and downs, so I think that's long gone. Now it's like he has a full appreciation. Nothing is taken for granted. Yeah. Um, that sucks for him that he had to go through that, obviously. But in some ways, the sport's kind of a winner here because, yeah, I think he every moment he's at the track, yep. he's soaking it up, man. Because this has almost been over several times. No, it was it was cool to see. I, I just I just that kid will never forget that. You know what I mean? He was super surprised when Kenny said, "I remember you," and he didn't have to do that. You know, like yeah. So I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's not like he wasn't like Daniel Blair back in the day who ignored all his fans. That's not even true. I used to give my arena cross trophies to a kid in the stand at every race. I every single one I would give to the kids because you felt so, like you were thirty-five years old and in shame of winning a, a regional lights title, or no? Yes, that's exactly why. So good job, Ken. <laughs> give your trophy to a kid, and then we'll talk. <laughs> okay, all right. So so Blair is actually one upping you, Roxon, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like no offense, that's nice and all. Yeah, but yeah let's, right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see you give your uh, your trophy to a little kid in the stands, and then, I, uh, um, and then we'll, well then we'll praise you. Daniel actually had fans stay with him overnight and everything. He gave him rooms and everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> wait, I'm suddenly interested in this. Yeah, what yeah. Is the program? Wait, no, I, it was the other way around. I would stay with with fans from the crowd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank God we we've, we've we've spent many a night in homes that we didn't know the people. That was normal. People that stank into their house. Oh, yeah, dude. 
always. He's the most liked guy ever. I mean, even you, yeah, you're a little suspect when you see him. Yeah. But within like 30 seconds, he, yeah. come on in. Here's yeah. your room. Yeah, true. All the time. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, Rumpelstiltskin is the word. And this is the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars. Uh, Jason Wygant, Daniel Blair, uh, thanks to both of you. And uh, we will see you guys uh, after Muddy Creek. Well, not you, Blair, but Wygant and JT. <laughs> so. Go back to the hiding, Blair. I don't know. Do you, do you have any other podcasts or anything? No. Uh, I'll no, see okay. you guys after Monster Cup. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's exactly. Where the real series starts. We got it. Uh, and the real racing kicks back off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, thanks, guys. Later. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like being a dead horse, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there, you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey,